Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 255 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah. Hey, coming up, uh, we got a really special guest I want you to hear from. His name is Jason Purcell, but he's also a master. A master of what? He'll tell you about that. In fact, uh, he's the owner and the master at the Family Black Belt Academy. In fact, at the end... Uh, just about every podcast we do, you will hear my son talk about black belt courage and about having black belt courage. Well, we learned about black belt courage when we attended the academy just about a year ago. But then guess what? Guess what happened? You know what happened. I know what happened. The American people know what happened. COVID happened. And we've seen a lot of studios that have done a lot of great things in our neighborhoods and in our schools for our kids. We have seen them close, and they have struggled at the Black Belt Academy. But he is still here standing, so we're going to talk about Black Belt Courage, because it takes a lot of Black Belt Courage to be a small business owner and to get through what we've all gone through for the last year. So let's find out how the Black Belt Academy is doing. Let's find out what it takes to get a Black Belt. We'll talk to a master, Jason Purcell, on the other side of this. So don't go anywhere. It's the Ron and Don Show, episode 255. We are live from the Les Schwab Studios with a very special episode. You don't want to miss this, because when you walk away, I think we'll all have a little more Black Belt courage. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right-sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit-down. Started out right away with Don helping us look at the options. Like, here are different ways you can approach the sale of this house. I've bought and sold a lot of real estate over my life. Don's listening skills were um, superior. Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well-prepared. They were just really impressive. And the things that they outlined that they were, were going to provide, their services, were it just made it easy. It was a lay down. And so we put it on the market on Saturday. There was a lot of interest. They made an offer on the, on the offer date for over asking price. We did amazing. It was the best case scenario. We couldn't have done better. It couldn't have been a better experience. When we first sat down, they showed me what property was selling for in my neighborhood. They had several suggestions on you know, when we should go on the market, what we needed to do to get ready to go on the market. I, I couldn't be happier with the experience we had. We all celebrated. It felt like a team victory. <laughs> we were all just jumping up and down. They were passionate and they, they were just honest and straightforward. And, uh, no, everything's great. Uh, you know, I definitely would recommend it. We had multiple offers, $50,000 more than the asking price. He had no contingencies, so I jumped on that one. I can't wait to do another deal with them. It was great. It was awesome. When you're ready to sit down with Ron and Don and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. You're listening to your old friends, Ron and Don. On the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> All right.
All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 255 of the Ron Don Show. And we are talking to Master Jason Purcell. He joins us right now. He owns an academy right here in our neighborhood that my son has gone to. Don, you didn't tell me that we're all going to be wearing our black belt uniforms. <laughs> I just came in regular street clothes, and you guys are both. What is that called? A robe or a dojo or like what? Uh, we'll get to it. Jason's here. Jason, thanks so much for being here. Talk a little bit about your qualifications because you are a master. What is a master exactly? Kind of explain sure. it to us. Sure. So in uh, Taekwondo, um, a master's rank of fourth degree black belt or higher. Um, I'm a sixth degree black belt. Um, going to be testing for seventh degree black belt in a couple of years, which is rank of grandmaster, right? And different martial arts schools have different different things to get you eligible for that black belt, right? Um, but I've also done martial arts in many different styles. I've been studying for most of my life, uh, multiple black belts, and I just love what we do. I love working with kids, love working with families, love helping the community. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about the hours that it has taken to get to where you are at in, in this sport. Sure. Well, at our studio, it takes about four to five years on average to, to earn that first degree black belt, right? Um, and then it'll take you at least another two to three years to get to second degree and so forth, right? Um, in Taekwondo, it, it focuses a lot of kicks, right? The idea is your kicks are longer than your arms. They're stronger than your arms. So use them to defend yourself, okay? The problem is Taekwondo is not as good when it comes to punching, right? Kickboxing and boxing and even karate ha has some really good hand techniques. And so that's something that I wanted to also incorporate, right? Um, if you, you know what Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, it's grappling, right? Um, if you're a kicker and you get taken down, well, you can't kick very well, right? right. Um, but again, for the jiu-jitsu, you've got to get in close. So if I can use my kicks to keep you away, that's great. And so at our studio, that's, that's what we've kind of evolved over the years is I want people understanding, you know, like mixed martial arts, learning, okay, what do you do if you get taken down the ground? How do you get back up to your feet? Or if you have a bully punching you, how can you pin them? How can a kid just pin them, sit on them basically, and say, hey, go get a teacher, go get help. You know, that's fantastic, right? So I'm curious with you because uh, Don's, child went to your academy i never studied any martial arts but in talking to you before we started this show when did the idea of taking sort of the mental game yeah. of really it could apply to any sport or chess or whatever there's a mental component to life and there's a physical execution component of life when did it, it crystallize feels yeah. like hey i want to take I'm, I'm learning more mentally than i am how to actually kick when did sure. that meld so for the first 12 years of running the business, I was focusing entirely on competition, right? That, that to me was the highest level of what I could do. And I was fighting uh, locally, regionally, nationally, even internationally. I had a phenomenal competition team. These were students that were coming in five, six days a week, you know, training at least an hour to two to three a day. Now, most kids weren't doing that. Most kids twice a week is tough, right? For an hour, a class, that, that's tough for a lot of people scheduling wise. Well, Years into this, I had one of my students who had just earned his black belt, wasn't on the competition team, just earned his black belt, and it's been like a decade. And he writes me this handwritten letter. I will never forget it. Um, and he says, hey, Master Purcell, it's been a long time. I don't know if you remember me. Of course, I remember him. He got his black belt, right? But he wasn't on the competition team. He didn't train as much, but I still knew him. And I've started, he was a great kid. And he says, hey, I'm about to be a father. And I've been reflecting on my life and I just wanted to thank you because I realized how much the studio meant to me. So right after I got my black belt, you know, I, I graduated, I, I got my black belt and I'm driving home with my parents. And I said, if I can do this, I can do anything, right? I was so confident, felt great. And I go off to college 
And my freshman year, I was struggling with a college course. And I, I just, I had had it. I was literally going to wake up the next morning, call my parents, tell them I was going to quit, move back home. Next morning, I wake up and I go to get dressed and I pull out the drawer and I see my black belt. And I remember I, I picked it up and I remember thinking, I told my parents, if I can do this, I can do anything. And now I'm about to quit a college class, right? So I put it back in the drawer. I went back on the computer and I re, re signed up for that class, right? And I took it again. Didn't do great, but I passed. Mm -hmm. It was enough to pass. And that helped me find my major, which I did love. That helped me get my job. And same thing. First year, there were some people I didn't, coworkers I didn't get along with. I was about to quit. And nope, nope, black belt commitment. I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to do this, right? I ended up getting promoted. And now that's led to my job where I'm at right now. I've got a phenomenal job. I met my wife here and now we're having our first child. Mm -hmm. And I realized if I hadn't gotten my black belt, I would have moved back home. Maybe I'd still be living there. I don't know what I'd be doing, right? So what do you think? Because I think about this, I've thought about this a thousand times in my life. Why didn't they teach me fill in the blank <laughs> at high school? And, and everything from like, what, how to look at a stock to like balancing a checkbook to time management, yep. to like what happens when I get really angry? Yep. How do I, if I have a falling out with a friend, how, who's, who, who's supposed to communicate first? Like basic life skills. I'm yep. like, why did I learn algebra two and I don't know how to do this? What have you found to be the top two or three things that have really nothing to do with Taekwondo or Taekwondo, however you're supposed to pronounce it, that you put the word black belt in front of yep. that even as an adult, when you said listening or courage or not giving up, those don't just apply to a 10 year old. Those apply yep. to a hundred year old. Absolutely. Right. And this is the thing. A lot of martial arts schools, they'll bring in their top like Thai kickboxing coach who's a professional. He's done all this stuff. We bring in child development psychologists, family therapists, counselor educators, various PhDs in philosophy and psychology. Because for us, again, yeah, you know, the kids do this because they want to be a ninja, right? That's why they're doing this. For parents, if they can improve their listening, their focus, their self, all that stuff, right? I'd say one of the biggest things is black belt listening. So from day one, day one, and you saw this with your son, I right? Did, yeah. um, black belt listening. So I tell parents, we, we do that first intro private lesson. We'll talk about black belt focus. They've got to kick the bag. We'll have them try to break a board. They have fun with it. And I say, you just showed me black belt focus. Now to earn your first belt, go home and show mom or dad that. And parents, I want you to distract your kid. I want you to wait until they're playing a video game, watching TV. And then I want you to say, black belt focus. And what do you have to do? And the kid, oh, I got to make eye contact. Okay, so do that. So the kid will go home and do that, right? And the parents see it and they're like, holy crap, it worked, <laughs> right? right? Okay, great. Now we'll have them do a regular class. And now moving forward at every belt level, we pick two things. And this is where I, I make a partnership with the parents. And I say, let's pick two things. And every two months, we're going to focus on that. We might change it. We might evolve it. But every belt level, we're going to work on two things. And so I'd say black belt listening is a common one. Uh, black belt responsibility, uh, doing big chores or whatever it is. Um, well, it, can I just pause yeah. even for on the focus? I, I, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> there are many days where I'm sitting in front of my computer and my a text goes off. Or I get an alert in the corner of the screen where I'm doing my actual vocation and I get distracted. Next thing you know, I'm watching a YouTube video and I never, <laughs> I never finished the task. So like black belt focus yeah. can be like, we can look ourselves in the eye yeah. and say, okay, for the next 60 minutes or the next 30 minutes or whatever, I have a task that needs yes. to get done. 
black belt focus. So, I mean, that is a skill. Absolutely. You, did, did that work with, uh, with your son, like right out of the gate? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to my son because it's a great question and, and, and we'll come back to, to the focus, but I, w- I want you to kind of finish. So black belt focus, black there's, belt yeah, listening. And there's black belt broccoli. I mean, oh, there's, yeah. all, there's, there's all kinds right? of black, it, black it can belt be, stuff going on, right? right? Black belt homework, black belt bedtime, going to bed on time, right? Black belt sibling, right? Mm. Being respectful to a brother or sister, whatever. It could apply to, to schoolwork, whatever, right? We always find two things. And I'll tell the kids, look. All of us need to work on improvements. So I'm trying to spend less time on my phone and do more reading at night. That's important. So here's what we're going to have you work on, right? And for our students, there's the minimal amount. They have to get X amount in order to be eligible to the belt test by their parents, right? If they get extra credit, they can earn ribbons. They can earn medals. They can earn trophies. And that's huge, right? The kids, oh, I can earn a trophy. They get so excited. And parents love it more because now they're listening the first time. They're doing their homework without complaining. They're cleaning their room without being told, right? That's huge. Yeah. It's interesting because when Master Purcell, when we first came to Black Belt Academy, you were like, hey, don't take a class, but don't sign up right away because this may not be for you. Because you really demand that parents partner. Yes. And if parents can't partner and parents aren't all in, then they're, pro- they're probably not going to be a yeah. fit at the Black Belt Academy. Talk to us about that a, a sure. little bit. Because you, you really ask, I don't say a lot, but you, you certainly ask something of, of the yeah. parents to, to be your partners in this. Well, so if, if the parents are just looking for something to drop off the kids, and with the pandemic, obviously, we don't want everybody in the same room, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we still have that. But the point is, I need to make sure, what is the kid doing? Are they practicing this at home? Are they practicing at school? If they're not, they're not really getting the most out of this. So if you're looking for a place to babysit your kids, no, I don't want that. I don't want you to just drop off the kids and, oh, did you learn your punch today? I, I don't care if they learned that punch or the kick. Sure, I, I want them to get that, but there's so much more. So I want to make sure, hey, are the parents on board with this? That's how I'm going to help with this. Mm-hmm. If, they're, if the parents aren't helping them with the check marks, if they're not seeing the value to how they can get this there, I'm going to have a hard time doing this, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I do it. I also like getting additional family members involved. Mm-hmm. So when we have our, our checklist sheet that they've got to get their check marks, I encourage parents, hey, have your kid tell grandma and grandpa. Have them show them that. Even if it's a Zoom meeting, right? Show them that and say, yeah, I'm working on black belt listening. And then next week, hey, show grandma your check marks. How many did you earn? That encourages them even more, right? So I want to get as many people as we can involved with, with this partnership. Yeah, and, and, and all the kids, while they're working on martial arts, they may be working on different things because you can't focus on 12 things at one yeah. time, but you can work on two things. Yep. And that's what you really, so, so for a child like my son who doesn't love his broccoli, maybe we're working yep. on black yep. belt broccoli. And maybe for another kid that has pretty good focus, uh, maybe you're working, as you said, on getting along with that sibling, or did you habit stack and and take your dog yeah. out today? Right? D- can you do extra reading? Yeah. What's something extra? All of us can work to improve on something, and that's that's the idea. So, right? d- can, this is going to be my get off my lawn question. <laughs> Me growing, I could I can picture my household when I was eight nine years old. If I had said this, it's like, hey, I want to go to this martial arts studio. The response from my family would have been, we are a football and baseball family. Maybe basketball, but you're definitely playing football. You're definitely playing baseball. We don't do that kind of stuff. Is this for kids that, you know, maybe don't want to play baseball, football, team sports or something? So this is for all kids. Um, 
you have kids that are really competitive and they, they like this and you have other kids that are not competitive. Right. And so some kids that play baseball, you know, they're going to hit that home run. It's going to build their confidence. You have other kids that are going to strike out every time and that's going to kill their confidence. Right. Mm -hmm. So for us, in order to progress, and we have a saying, and it's our student creed, which part of it says, I do not strive to be better than my neighbor. I strive to be better than myself from yesterday. So I don't care if I've got a kid that's not very athletic and I've got another kid that's really athletic. Don't care. You're each working on making improvements. If I have a kid come in and they do a round kick and they fall down 10 times, next week, let's fall down nine times, mm. right? That's how you're gonna make that progress. And by not comparing yourself to other kids, like that's where some kids really get discouraged and give up. Nope, nope, all of us can be working on something. Your black belt is your black belt. It's not, well, can you kick up this high? Can you run this many miles and under whatever? Nope, don't care. How are you going to improve, right? Just like mentally, what are you working on? Is it the listening? Is it the focus? Is it reading? Okay, physically, where do you need to be that I'm gonna see that progression? Yeah, if you go back and listen, and I believe it's episode 33, where I talked about going to Maui last year with my son, uh, and you can listen to that episode. I won't tell the whole story, but I'll tell part of it. Uh, it. It was really important to my son when he found out we were going to Maui. He wanted to go swim with the turtles. And I thought what qualified swimming with the turtles is we'd go to the beach where the turtles are, and we'd see the turtles, and we'd take a picture with the turtles. And then we can say that, and we can wait out in the water or something. We swam with the turtles. So we went to see the turtles, and he looks at me. He goes, no, 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 Dad. I want to go swim. Like, I want to swim with the turtles. And I wasn't even sure that he could swim. Like, you want to <laughs> you want to go out in the ocean. You want to swim with the turtles. And I'm not even sure you can swim. And he's promising me that he could swim. So we're with my friend Joe. Joe's a great uh, a diver. And so we went and we got some gear and we headed out to a special place in Maui where the turtles like to hang out. And we got out in the water and there's no turtles. So I'm looking around and I'm like, okay. And we put the gear on and uh, he got some salt water in his eyes. The first time he's ever been in salt water, he begins to cry. And I'm like, okay, this, this, this lasted about 30 seconds, but I did my my dad diligence and we tried swimming with the turtles, didn't work out. So he he was determined to put that gear on. He dried up his tears. He put his face mask on and he just said, Daddy, let's go. So my friend Joe started swimming. Uh, G-Force was behind him. I was in third. And as a father, I'm just sitting there panicking the whole time because as I see the, the floor bottom of the ocean get farther and farther away from us, I'm like, oh my gosh, we are, there, there's no turning back. We're, 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 we're 10 feet off the ocean floor. Now we're 15 and now we're 20 and now we're 30. And now I'm looking down and we're seeing scuba divers uh, with their tanks on <laughs> swim below us. And now we're 60. And I'm like, I cannot believe that he is still swimming. So we're, we're, we're swimming. We get about a half mile out and and we stop and, and Joe is there. I'm there. We're holding my son. And I'm just like, hey, you know, I think we really tried. We came out here. We really tried. Uh, and he got some more salt water in his eyes. He began to cry again. And that's when he looked at me and, and I get emotional about it. He goes, no, 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 daddy. He goes, we, we have to go. He goes, I came here to swim with the turtles. We got to go swim with the turtles. We've been looking at turtles in books. We've been drawing pictures of turtles. So, so, so. He dried his, his eyes. He put his mask back on. He goes, Daddy, follow me. This is just going to take some black belt courage, is yeah. what he said. Yeah. And that's what he yeah. learned. Yeah. And moments later, 
Uh, we saw a turtle go by, which he named Charlie after his dog, who's in here <laughs> laying on the floor. And then uh, we named all the other turtles that we saw. And when he saw those turtles, he wasn't stunned. He wasn't swimming away. He wasn't in shock like I was. He was swimming toward them. And then he wondered how he could get down in the water uh, with those other divers that had tanks on. So so this this Friday... He is he he is learning how to be a diver with tanks nice. on nice. starting Friday, yeah. and then this summer he's going to go out and have his first dive. So, awesome. so it, it it it's something that we're working on together, and we wouldn't have had the opportunity to, to do that. And I didn't know. I mean, I'm the one in that moment that needed yeah. black belt courage. I think <laughs> not him. Yeah. So well, well, something else here too. Something like courage. Uh, I just signed a student up last week who's really incredibly shy. Like he didn't want to do the intro lesson. I had his dad come out and he did it with him. He just barely did a little bit. Right. And then he does the next class. And he does a little, and he, he didn't want to do the next class, but his, his dad gets him to do it. Right. And he's doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And I've had a lot of parents who are like, well, my, my kid's just really shy. Oh, we'll come back next year. Well, here's the thing. They might get over that. They might not. Right. When it comes to anything, cleaning your room, right. They might start cleaning their room. They might not grow out of that. How do we make sure that they get that? How do we make sure he gets that lesson of courage mm. and now he can relate that to other aspects of his life? Yeah. How can we make sure the kids works out of being shy and now get so many more opportunities in life? That's mm. huge, right? Yeah. And we want to make sure that we don't leave it to chance. Maybe they'll grow up. Nope, they're going to grow out of it because we're going to help them. Yeah, I love that. That's good. Hey, uh, we'll talk more on the other side of this. <laughs> Whether you're buying or selling, everyone needs a team. That's what Team Bronco did. That's what Team Lone Star did. That's what Team Wallace did. That's what Team Michigan did. Go Blue! All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 255. We are live from Love Shrub Studios. And as you heard, we're licensed brokers at Windermere. And Ron, how do people uh, reach out to us? Because it's a busy, busy real estate season, right? Yeah, I just got an email earlier today. It said, hey, my son wants to buy a condo. Can you send me your uh, buyer's playbook? And I said, sure. So if you want a buyer's playbook, a seller's playbook, you can email me directly, ron at windermere.com. Or just go straight out to ronandonsitdown.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You can download stuff for free on the website. Yeah. Hey, at the end of this broadcast, you're going to hear my son say something about Black Belt Courage. Uh, and this is how it all started uh, when we attended the Family Black Belt Academy with Master uh, Jason Purcell just about over a year ago, and then COVID hit. Uh, Jason is here. We've been talking a little bit about Black Belt, Black Belt Courage and Black Belt Broccoli and Black Belt Siblings and just other things that kids need to work on. Uh, you handed me a book. Yes. It's called uh, Leo's Notes about the powers of the grandmaster. And you said, this is for my son. I'm sure he'll yes. be excited to read it. What is Leo's notes? What is this book? So Leo was a student of mine who passed away in a car accident a couple of years back. It was a, oh, just such a tragic event. There were two other boys who passed away. So three of them in total, right? He was a student of mine for seven years, started when he was six years old. And he just, he loved the martial arts studio. Absolutely loved it. Um, his mother even told me that it was his happy place among his happy places, right? So she asked if I would speak at his celebration of life, and I was honored to do so. And then the next day after that, I went to the studio to, to pick, up, pick up something, and I'm there by myself, and I started crying because I realized, you know, Leo was such a great kid. He, he's, he's the perfect student. He was such a great kid. And there was a lot of kids that, that went to his celebration of life, but I realized in like five years, those kids are going to grow up, 
they're going to graduate, they're going to move away. And eventually there's going to be a lot of kids that will be at the studio and nobody will know who he was. And that, that was heartbreaking to me. So his, his mom emails me and says, Hey, I want to create the Leo Maddox foundation and I'd like you to help out. And I was like, yeah, of course. Um, I'm a small business. I'll, I'll do what I can. I don't know, but yeah, I'd like to help out. And then that night I had an idea and I emailed her and I said, we need to meet for coffee. So we met up and I said, okay, look, I've been having this idea for years. I've wanted to write this children's book. And what I want to do is basically show two martial art masters. And both of them are just as strong, just as fast, just as quick. But one of them has black belt listening or black belt focus or black belt respect. And that's going to be a chapter, right? Mm. Black belt listening. And we're going to talk about that. And so what I want to do is I want to put Leo in the book. And I want Leo to be an apprentice to Master Ileana. Mm. So Master Ileana has trying to test for rank of grandmaster. And to do that, she has to travel the world and use her martial arts to help as many people as possible. So Leo is her apprentice to take notes and write down what she does. And most apprentices would write about their master's shadow punch or you know their, their most incredible tornado kick that can knock, o- knock out anybody, right? And Leo writes about black belt focus, black belt listening, black belt respect, whatever that is. And the grandmasters see his notes and they turn it into a book. Mm. And in the, in the children's book, I'm talking to my students and I say, okay, we just learned about Master Ileana using black belt listening. How can you use black belt listening at home? And so in the book, one girl raises her hand. Oh, I use black belt listening with my school teacher and I got an A. And another kid, oh, I use black belt listening with my soccer coach and I scored a goal, right? And so at the end of the chapter, I want parents to be able to then talk to their kids and say, well, where can you use black belt listening? Mm. Where can you use black belt respect, right? So came up with this idea. Sylvia, Leo's mother, loved it. And so I I got my youngest sibling to do the artwork. Uh, They're an aspiring artist, so they did the artwork. And then Sylvia did the the coloring. She designed the the cover. She did a lot of the art art design and all that stuff too. And so I, I think one of the best things about the book was the last several months of doing this, I was just doing this with Sylvia late at night. And I... I can't imagine going through what she's gone through, right? But after a year, and we're still working on this, we're doing this, she could see her son in the drawings. And having her be able to start talking about him and start telling his stories and start smiling and laughing again, that was amazing. I thought this book was going to be the last gift that I could give Leo. And the reality, it was was the last gift he gave us, Mm. right? So the idea is, this story is he's still helping be a part of the studio. He's still helping teach kids from above. Yeah. I love that. Leo's notes about the powers of the grandmaster. And we'll tell you, I get a copy here in just a moment. Uh, you have a business. I do. You've been able to keep your doors open. It's been hard. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell us how you have survived. Cause there's a lot of studios out there. Uh, I was an exercise coach and teacher, uh, for 20 years, and some of the places where I used to coach and teach didn't make it. Yeah. Uh, some of the gyms have been sold. Yeah. Uh, what have you guys done and where are you at at the Black Belt Academy right yeah. now? How have you kept your doors open? So we were at about 220 students. We dropped down to about 60 almost overnight, right? So it was, it was, it was tough. Um, we need basically 100 to survive, right? Mm-hmm. So with us, we were able to apply for PPP loans and get a lot of that. We switched to online classes immediately, and that worked great for the first three weeks. 
until school started doing everything online also. Now it was hard, right? Um, but we, we still, some of the students did like the the online stuff and they did great. And so we, we stuck it through. And with the PPP loans, we started then, okay, now we can have four students in a class. We can have five students. We went out and started teaching in the park. Last summer, as soon as we opened in the park, forest fires, <laughs> the smoke, we were shut oh, down again, right? Wow. We're like, really? No matter what. Wow. Right? Um, and so, you know, we, we've just been doing this slowly and, and then we've been doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And finally, now we're to the point, phase three, we can actually have 50% capacity, which for us is about 24 kids in class. We're just doing 13. And that's our cap. That's our limit right now. So we still have spots. They're limited. And the reason why is right now, it's not about us making a lot of money. It's about us surviving. It's about the kids doing something, surviving in six months, in a year, then we can focus on the business. Then we can focus on profits. Let's just get by. And we're doing that. Did you have a moment where you looked in the mirror and you're like, I've been preaching this gospel for years and years. <laughs> now it's my turn. Yeah. Like that, this just got real. Absolutely. Well, and that, and that's the thing. I think, you know, this was hard. This was stressful. This was difficult, Right getting through this, my black belt confidence <laughs> is huge now because I survived this. I made it through this. Now I feel like this is the pandemic, something we never saw in our lifetime. Our parents never saw in their lifetimes. If I can survive this, what else can I push through? What else can I survive? Right. People want to get the book or they want to find out more about uh, the black belt Academy. How can they do that? Sure. So family black belt academy.com. That's one way. And then for the book, go to leosnotes.org. Again, not.com, leosnotes.org, L-E-O-S-N-O-T-E-S, leosnotes.org. Yeah, and we'll put all that in our show notes. Before you get out of here, everybody loves Mr. Miyagi. You said you had a Mr. Miyagi story for us, Master Purcell. What do yes. you got? So when I was in high school and I was training, um, my master would have us practice these line drills of our stances. And we'd practice a front stance. And that's it's a very deep stance. So imagine like stepping forward into a lunge, but your back knee doesn't hit the ground. So you, you lunge forward, back leg is straight, front knee is bent. Your legs are wider than your shoulders. You're in this deep stance. And so you've now lowered your center of gravity by about six inches to a foot. To step forward into your next front stance, you don't want to have your head and shoulders rise up and down. You want to keep your center of gravity at that same height. So basically, you glide forward, okay? So you glide forward into a right front stance and then a left front stance. and then So you do this all the way down the floor, right? And for the first couple of minutes, you're like, okay, I got this. And then after five minutes, you're like, okay, yeah, I got this. And then, <laughs> and, and then 10 minutes, you're like, no, I, I really got this. And then 20 minutes, you're like, for the love of God, yeah, right? right. So, so we're doing this. And I remember you know, asking my master, why are we doing this? And he said, because I told you to, <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But so I'm doing all these tournaments and I'm competing and, and I'm winning and I'm doing really well. And I was like, I've never dropped into a front stance when I'm doing my sparring. Why? And he goes, just do it. Hmm. Yes, sir. So we start doing it. We keep doing it, right? And, and again, just multiple classes of this over and over and over again. Well, right before I graduated, he bought this new crash mat, which was like a foot thick. And it was awesome because we could practice doing these throws and doing high throws and throwing somebody on them and you land on them. It was great, right? <laughs> and so um, we, we ended up, this class, there's about 10 of us. And so we made two lines and you'd have one person in front of the line. So you'd have about four people in front of you. One person would come up and throw a punch and you'd block grab, turn, twist, and you throw them over your shoulder. They'd land on the crash mat, roll off, get back in line. Next person throws the punch. Block, grab, turn, twist, throw. Block, grab, turn, twist, throw. And that way you could practice the throw. Practice it, practice, practice, right? So we're doing this, and everybody's done it now, and we get back to doing it a second time. 
So I'm up to the line and right as I'm about to throw this guy in high school, I was skinny. So I was six foot three, 150 pounds, wow. right? Good. I was throwing this guy that was like 235 pounds, huge guy, right? And I lifted him up on my shoulders and right as I'm about to throw him, Master Sanchez, my master yells out, Kelio, which is Korean for stop. At the same time, the guy beside me, he's doing his throw also, right? He gets his guy up on his shoulder and he starts wobbling and then his legs start shaking because he doesn't have his weight directly underneath the guy very well. And then they just collapse. Right? So they just go down in a pile. Everybody's laughing. I'm laughing. The guy I'm holding up on my shoulders, right? He's laughing, right? We're all laughing. Master Sanchez is not laughing, right? And he walks over to me and he starts slowly walking around me. And he's looking at my legs and looking at my feet and all of us stop, stop laughing. And he goes, huh, what stance is that? Ah, uh, it's a, it's a front stance. And he goes, oh, so there is a reason we do it. And he walks off the floor and goes wow. to his office. That's the end of the class, right? <laughs> nice. One of the coolest classes I've ever done. Um, yeah, I've also got a real life Yoda story, which if I ever come back, I'd love to share with let's, you. Let's, so, let's, let's hear it. We got, we got, okay. we got time. Sure. Real life Yoda story. Real life Yoda story. So yeah. with that one, um, there's a, a Hapkido grandmaster that I train with. Uh, grandmaster Sean Bradley. He's a friend of mine. Awesome guy. His grandmaster is Grandmaster Ji Hanjay. This guy was in the movie Game of Death with Bruce Lee, okay? And in that movie, don't, don't watch it for the story. Um, watch it for the action, okay? So he's got to go up these levels in this tower, basically, and he eventually fights Kareem Al-Dujabar in that movie, right? Well, he fights Grandmaster Jihan Jae. And in that movie, if you watch it, he's the only guy that doesn't get killed. Bruce Lee doesn't kill him. And because he gets knocked out, right? Grandmaster Jihan Jae said, in real life, you no kill me. And so he didn't, right? Um, anyway, this guy is just, he's a legend. He's awesome. So he's doing this seminar and this was years ago. He's doing the seminar. He's not, um, he's not a spring chicken anymore. We'll just put it that way. Right? So he's got a cane and he's sitting down in his chair while this seminar is going on. He's watching everybody do their throws and, and all that stuff. And he sees somebody doing the throw, not really well. And he says, no. And he leans down, grabs his cane, gets up and hobbles, ugh, and hobbles and walks over to the guys. And then he drops his cane and he goes, you throw punch, right? And you can see on the guy's face, like he's, okay, do I punch this guy? Like, is that disrespectful if I actually attack? Wait, if I don't attack him as hard as I can, is that disrespectful? And he's confused, but he, he finally throws this punch. And in the blink of an eye, Grandmaster Jihan Jay does the block, grabs him, turn twist, throws, graceful, fluid. This guy goes flying through the air and he goes like that. And he gra <laughs> grabs his cane, hobbles off the floor, holds his back, sits down in the chair. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Has uh, Don ever showed you his own martial art? He calls it Taekwondo. Oh. <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah. He's invented. It has very few moves, yeah. but it has a good theme song. And then we, we, and then we have a Ron and Dominator that we do when uh, we're doing WWE fighting. So Nice. Anyway, Thank you so much for <laughs> being you. here. Yep, Thanks course. for sharing your story. Uh, congratulations on, on finding your own black belt courage this yeah, year. Yeah. And thank you for what you taught my son, because when we were, uh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away, it was the first thing that was top of mind for him. And it was certainly something that helped me to reach down and to, and to find that black belt courage. So yeah. I think the, the other yeah. takeaway too is, and I don't think you'd mind me saying this. Not everybody has a kid that would go to the academy, but we all have a small business owner in our life somewhere. Maybe it's the florist. There's a, there's a small business owner down the street from my place that has a yoga studio. Like 
I could go in there more and like grab a smoothie yeah. or take a class yeah. or, or do something. Cause I know she's been working hard to keep yeah. her head above water. Uh, the fitness club that was right down from that place shut down. So remember the black belt academies of your own life yeah. and like maybe take one extra trip, uh, to a small business owner. Yeah. Well, thanks for telling Leo's story today. It's a great yeah. story. These are great illustrations. This looks like a great book. And I know, uh, and you wrote a really nice note to Gunner. So yeah. I know we can't well wait to read this. Yeah. Again, if people want to find more about Leo's book called Leo's Notes about the powers of the Grandmaster, or they want to reach out and find out more about the Academy, how can they do that? Jason? Again, familyblackbeltacademy.com, right? Familyblackbeltacademy.com, and then leosnotes.org. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate that. Appreciate you. All right, you guys, thanks for stopping by, listening uh, to the Ron and Don show. And thanks for uh, supporting us as uh, we have all gone through COVID together. Uh, our lives in real estate right now are real busy, but they're not too busy for you. So if you need us, whether talk about real estate or something else just in your life, uh, reach out to us. Our website is ronanddonsitdown.com, and you can reach Ron direct, directly at ronanddon.com at Windermere or just Ron Upshaw at Windermere or just Ron at Windermere.com. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for sharing this episode with your friends. And here's to all of us having a more black belt courage as we move forward in 2021. All right, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. And here's my son to take us out and to remind you and all of us to have a little black belt courage. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs>